straight from the unemployment line. It is the Unemployed Sports Report. I am your unemployed sports reporter, Sayo Monera, and we are back. But I have a guest, and he is the king of kickball, Christopher Manuel, if I'm pronouncing that last name right. That works for me, bro. All right, all right. So yes, how you been? Just just tell me. Just introduce yourself to all the right. masses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Chris Manuel, you know, the king of kickball. I am known as around these parts. Of course, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I rep University of Memphis Tigers all day long i'm kind of repping the grizzlies but they're hurting my heart Trash. right now yes you already know so i think i'm about to convert to a hawks fan but you know i'm moving here Trash in Atlanta. As well. <laughs> i love it's a great time to be a hawks fan best time to be a fan of a team is when they're trash you know what's funny i went to a game uh, i believe it was it was against the charlotte hornets this season and um they're they had, I don't know if you went to a game this season, but sometimes they'll have, if an opposing player will miss two straight free throws, mm -hmm. you'll get a free Chick-fil-A coupon. Yes, I have seen that, yes. Yeah, and uh, the crowd was dead for the whole game. <laughs> but then Frank Kaminsky got fouled. Uh-oh. And, and this guy was like a mid-70s free throw shooter, I believe. So, it, so I'm like, I didn't expect him to miss two straight free throws, but he missed the first one. So everybody just got tense. Like oh, yeah. everybody's caught. They were waiting for him to miss the second free throw, and oh, he yeah. missed the second free throw. And then we had a standing ovation. You <laughs> you couldn't believe how loud the crowd was I just believe to it. get a free Chick Fil A coupon. Hey, but Chick Fil A is good, bro. It, it is, yeah. but that like that was louder than anything throughout that whole game. Well, it was crazy. You know, I think I expect for Atlanta and the Hawks are undergoing this kind of renaissance, this rebirth. And I, I fully expect that next year is going to be amazing. You got the stadium that's being open with the new renovations, yep. swag shop, you can get your hair cut. You got the most probably exclusive Probably like $50 club. for a cut, probably. <laughs> that's what a lot of people pay. I have never heard of people paying any more than like 20 to $25. Oh, yeah, only since, pay 20 Since I got here in Atlanta, um, as you get closer to the interior of the city, people are paying 40 and $50. Well, they, they need to drive out and, <laughs> and get a cheaper cut because, like, I promise you, you can get a cut in Camp Creek for $20 and it'll be just as good as getting a cut in Dude, downtown, I believe if it. not better. I believe it, but people's cuts are coming out. Their heads are coming out looking like Picasso paints and stuff. They're, they're looking crisp, you know what I'm saying? Looking yeah, like but hey, 4K they HD. probably look crisp right, right when you cut it, but then, like, a week later, you're going to see that hairline that probably got pushed back yeah you're probably going to see that coming up man oh, no. like i don't care if it's chris like my hairline is pushed back yeah that's a bad cut to me have you seen the man wigs the um where they basically put a wig on and it's like a hairline that you, you've never seen that oh you talk about the carlos boozer <laughs> you ain't talking about that i don't you? think i know what you're talking about i haven't seen carlos boozer in so many years but i know he had like some he had like a marker paint yeah no this is an actual wig um, you actually just attach it. It's glued. What? Yes, it's glued to the. It'll turn a bald man into. It'll are you, take are you serious? Back to you. Look it up on YouTube. I promise. Oh my goodness! Just type in man wigs, and you'll see what I'm talking. You'll be disgusted. Oh, we gotta look it up, people. <laughs> we gotta look it up. Oh, oh my goodness! All right. So, is I, this what LeBron been using? Like, no, no. LeBron, his hairline is uh, some kind of mutant of its own. So that's why you see it sometimes go away, sometimes come back. So I think LeBron just has that kind of mutant gene where he can do whatever he wants, man. I'm, I'm just so glad, like. I'm sorry, but I'm just so glad I'm kind of blessed with the hat. The hat, to not worry about that. Like you know, that's that's that 
African uh, gene that you got, man. That's that. Hey, no, there's some Africans <laughs> who got receding hairlines. Oh, really? Trust me. I just, know. I just think it just happens to be like my side of family. Like my dad, he it took him to like his mid fifties, I think, to his what? hairline to finally recede. So my um, ten, my best friend growing up, he was Nigerian, and uh, his dad, he was like tennis pro, everything like that, and he had like this crisp hairline. He probably still has it right now, to be honest with you. Um, actually, last time I saw him was maybe a couple years ago, and he's like 50, 60. So he's at somewhere between his 50s and 60s. Chris hairline, always, man. So that's why I say it's got to be something that's going on. Um, no. um, and then I know some some Nigerians who like in their 20s who are already receding. <laughs> oh, like, trust shit. me. So. Okay. Because my, my hairline, you know, it, I didn't want to say it. My hairline I, retreated at 25. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like, like the Civil oh, War, I'm bro. 25 right now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my hairline was gone, man. You know what I'm saying? Once I got that 25-year-old discount on my insurance, my hairline but, ran away, too. But when your hairline ran away, did you try to keep your hair, or did you just automatically oh, no. shave it off? Oh, no, instantly shave off. Okay, that's great. That's as, what you should do. As Bomani Jones do. says, come on home. Come so, on home. Come that's on what home. you should do. Absolutely. That's you what know? you should do. Yeah. And speaking of coming on home, the Portland Trailblazers, they, <laughs> they came home quick. They got swept by the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, oh, oh my goodness, I did not expect that. I, I'm i not surprised. I, think, I feel like the Trailblazers are... I, I mean, when you look at their roster, outside of Damian Lillard, uh, and then you have the, the pretty CJ boy. C.J. McCollum. C.J. Yeah. McCollum, pretty boy. Look like uh, an R&B singer. <laughs> he's, he looks like he's, you know, he can play basketball, but basketball almost looks like it's secondary to him. <laughs> he looks like somebody who's going to try to come and sell you on some financial products, something like that, or sell you on some real estate, yep. and then let you know he's going to play basketball. So outside of he those He looks like two, the dude that will probably do you dirty, send you a DM, get you to respond, the suit, mess with you, and then do you dirty. He'll be a Drake. Pretty he looks much. like the suit man. Um, have you ever seen the suit man? The suit man? Just no. somebody who'll swindle you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Give definitely. Me, yeah, so you got that. And then uh, outside of Evan Turner. Um, hey, well, I was about to say Maurice Harkless from St. John's University. Uh, but, yeah, I already know he's a role player. You know, and then you got Aminu, who I was hyped, you know, when I saw Aminu at he's Wake He's from Forest. Norcross, Georgia, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, all three of them. It was Aminu. Who else? Uh, he had... Uh, Chris Paul. Was it Teague? I no, think. No, I, no. Not Chris Teague. Paul. Chris Paul was before that. Yeah. Well, it was a set of three I think people. it was Teague as well. It was. Okay. Teague so, yeah. for like freshman year. Yeah. Teague. You had Teague, Aminu, and then there's uh, another guy. But I, I had high hopes for them. And Aminu, he's just kind of been a disappointment to me. So, And I hate to say it about him. I never. Honestly, uh, Aminu, he was literally like worshipped in Georgia in oh, high school. Word. Yeah. Everybody thought he was going to be the next big thing. Right. But I kept watching tapes of him. And only thing I saw of him is that he was six eight and athletic. Well, I never really that, got anything else from him. He had that seven foot two wingspan, which was like the hot topic. That's you know, great and that all. Was the trendy because you had Rudy Gay, you know, and everybody. Yeah, you know, LeBron James, everybody was trying to copy that. So he fit that profile. He did. That, that uh, small forward look. And all the reports I watched, I never heard anything about his actual skills. It was just about like, <laughs> oh, this guy is long. Yeah. This guy is athletic. He's like, so long. He reminds me of that Looney Tunes character that had like, they, they would drag their arm. They, they, I think you know what I'm talking I about? It was like a monster or something so, like I, that. Oh, yeah. He wore oh, yeah, the sneakers and he would drag his palms. Oh, like, oh yes. Yeah, so he took Sean Bradley's powers. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So that's, uh, that's how I feel about Aminu, man. I mean, but back to the Trailblazers, like, what are they? Where are they going to go? Because I, I kind of feel like they are not doing very much justice to Dame Lillard. How do you feel about that? And 
at the same time, I feel like Dame Lillard is not doing very much justice to the Portland Trailblazer because uh, if you look at that series, he averaged about 18 points a game. It looked like C.J. McCollum was the best player on that team. Very well. And Dame yeah. Lillard, sometimes he just does not play defense at all. Like, mm-hmm. um, what's it, Drew Holiday who was cooking him? Um, Rondo <laughs> was going off dimes. Like, I mean, you make a good point. Um, defense you don't really see a lot of that coming. And defense is what separates a lot of these teams. So, you know what's funny about Drew Holiday, though, since you mentioned him? I just realized that Drew Holiday is not Darren Collison when I was watching the uh, Pacers play the Cavs yesterday. <laughs> they almost look like same skin tone, it's, same dark skin tone. I don't tone. know what it it's is. It's just the afro. That's that's how I could decipher it. <laughs> and Drew Holiday's a little bit taller. Right, exactly. So uh, I just had to say that because it's funny. Man. I was just like, wait a minute. I, that's not... Oh my gosh, Darren Collison is not Drew Holiday. You know, so light bulb went off there. Yeah, Drew Holiday, he's been I, I I say this about Drew Holiday. He's so underrated. He's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Yeah. That switch to the shooting guard position, because he used to be a point guard and now with Rondo coming in he became a shooting guard, he's been a completely different player. Like he 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 had forty one points the last game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I feel like if you have someone like um the the What's his name? Anthony Davis. You know, you can if you really learn how to play off of Anthony Davis and you feel like you have any type of confidence, you should be able to score 41 points. You should be able to match Anthony Davis just draws so much attention. This guy this guy might be a modern age Kevin Garnett. I agree. Just probably not as defensive not as good defensively as Kevin Garnett, but you could even argue he might be better offensively than Kevin Garnett. You could I argue. I would say statistically, I mean, because when you think about it, Anthony Davis, he he can go out there, get your f- at least five blocks, you know, just mix that in with about 42 points, 12 rebounds. He's putting out Zebo stats with uh, LeBron James athleticism and, you know, sh- the shooting of J.J. Redick or something, or Dirk Nowitzki, okay, I, I won't should go say. that far, <laughs> but I mean, like, probably – Probably like a little, I was about to say Antoine Walker. That's disrespect, but okay, gotcha. I'll say in between that. Okay. In between that. He's hitting some Dirk Nowitzki-esque shots, though. Yeah, I but mean. like he's a guy, I'm like, in terms of like J.J. Are you, and I stopped you when you said J.J. Redick, yeah. though. I'm like, no, nah, he's not that wet from three. But he's, I get that, he, yeah. But you got to respect him from that range. And it's hard for opposing centers and power forwards to guard him. From there, very much so, um, and he can hit a variety of shots. You know, he's hitting the turnarounds, he's driving on people. He could literally pick up the ball, take it down the court. He could really probably play one on five. That's that's how I feel. So, oh, I, know, I really believe depending that. on what team it is. I, I really believe that. And um, just getting back to Damian Lillard, well, just the Portland Trailblazers in general, they have to make a change. Either it's going to be they might have to trade Damian Lillard. Like Damian Lillard is still one of the top point guards in the NBA, but. The way that team's constructed, they were they had their best record with this with this nucleus pretty mm-hmm. much. Right. They had their best record since they shipped off Wesley Matthews and Marcus Aldridge, uh, Nicholas Batum. This is like their best ever like Blazers team since then. Right. Mm-hmm. And they still got swept by a team that was sixth place in the Western Conference without Boogie Cousins. Well, let me say this about the 
trailblazers. Have you noticed how they always come out on these super slow starts uh, where you, you're always questioning whether they're even going to make the playoffs? Like, you just kind of turn off to and the And then they have, like, a super winning streak? Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I mean, they need to develop that consistency and start off strong and keep it going. And that's going to take some uh, some kind of leadership because all of their players are relatively young except for maybe Evan Turner. But mm-hmm. we know Evan Turner. You know, we've seen what he's had to do, and we've seen a lot of the stuff that he's been involved with. Uh He's just not somebody who I would trust as like a veteran. They need to bring in like Rasheed Wallace. Maybe they should like have like to their coaching staff. Yeah, or something? Maybe I, I don't know if he wants to. I don't know if he wants to lead that Area Twenty One role. He's been great at that. Oh God, Area Twenty One is great. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. I don't like, know. Like it, you, you're not coaching, not playing. You're just talking, getting paid for it. Like who yeah, wants to lead that? That's true. But I mean, he's he's that guy. He's somebody like Rasheed Wallace who can come in and get that fire in the belly of these young people who are playing on the trailblazers because it seems like they don't have that kind of uh, hunger, that bite, you know what I'm saying? They don't have a nastiness, and they really got punked by the Pelicans on a number of occasions. So, you know, you got to have somebody who's going to have your back, and I don't think Dame feels like he has that. So do you feel they need a new coach, head coach? Well, you know, it depends. I mean, Terry Stotts, he's been a big factor in their success, okay? So since yeah. he's been there, he's kind of taken some trash and developed it, and he's been able to squeeze out some wins from that roster. But, uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to be coaching. It's got to be somebody who's defensive-minded, somebody who can be a big man that can play well with Damian Lillard because LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, I mean, he's a great offensive player. I don't really trust his defense. They need, they need a nasty defensive rebounding, well, bow outlaw. I would say Ed man. Davis is the closest thing to that, and they still couldn't. No, Ed Davis has been decent this season. I, anytime someone mentions Ed Davis's name, I I just and they drafted they drafted Zach Collins, and uh, until honestly, very recently, he hasn't really been doing much this season. Okay, it was a little like this playoff series where he's actually started getting playing time, it, and he was drafted with the ninth pick, I believe. It's got to be somebody better. I, I'm I'm not a fan of Ed Davis. I mean, I he's. He's like a weird description of a Minu in my opinion. He's just a long, they, skinny dude wearing like a t-shirt when you're playing basketball. But, like, what are you doing, bro? I call this all, almost kind of like the Westbrook effect. Is it really that they they are just not good players surrounded by McCollum or Lillard? Or maybe because McCollum and Lillard are so ball dominant and they look for their own shots mm-hmm. that they can't really get anybody else involved with that team. That's a good point. Uh they just need some defense, in my opinion. The Trailblazers need some defense. They're they're focusing on offense. And, and Lillard and McCollum are usually statistically one of the worst guards in the NBA defensively. And you can say that uh, McCollum is generally undersized, you know. Yeah. So uh, I didn't expect him to really be that great at defense as a shooting guard. So in my opinion, those are the holes that are causing them to cons- consistently fall short every single year. And why they could also probably could trade Damian Lillard. You know, Damian Lillard does have that hunger and fire, like you did mention, but he is the only one on the team that has that. So trading a guy with that fire is kind of contradictory, but he's going to give you a lot of pieces if you do trade him. And I say say why you could trade him, because also the emergence of Sebastian Napier. Like, when Damian Lillard got hurt, like, in the middle of the season, Sebastian Napier stepped up, and he... He looked like a legit starting point guard. He looked like the guy you thought he was going to be. Yeah, the guy LeBron thought he was going to be. Because if you remember, LeBron said that he was going to be the best player of that draft class. Right. So if only you could, like, 
make them wear, I don't know, Saiyan earrings and have them fuse together or something like that. <laughs> have like Shabazz Lillard or something like Sh- Shabazz Lillard. Uh, Damien Napier. Da- <laughs> it's going to be a rapper. What was it called? Dame Dalla? Dame Dalla. Hey, his raps are kind of straight, though. Like, oh, yeah, they, they decent. They, all of the athletes. Oh, rappers, oh, oh. Uh, compared to other athletes, yeah. yeah. He, he blows them out the water. <laughs> Now, is, it, is he a guy I'm going to be listening to on my Spotify, though? That's a question. I don't know um, about that. No, nah, I'm going to press skip on that one. Yeah, I, I I think I will as well. I think it will. Well, let's go to the other playoff series. I mean, of course, we had Boston Celtics yeah. and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, from where we record this podcast, they're 2-2 right now. Right. And wh- who do you see coming out that series? I would have to give it to... The Bucks. I mean, they are like the longest team that we have ever seen, and and you see how they play at home. If they can steal a game at Boston, because I think Boston is has the uh, home team. Yeah, advantage. they have the home home right. advantage. So if if they steal another game at Boston, like it's over pretty much. I mean, you've got Jabari Parker, who's unfortunately had all of those injuries. You know, I thought it was going to be so. He's. I thought it was going to be Mellow two point Yeah, right. I, I, I don't know. Well. Mellow was good when he came out, but anyway. Oh anyway. yeah, young Mellow. Oh, young, young Mellow is. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about this Mellow. Okay. Definitely not. Oh no, the Mellow out here building Jordan gyms <laughs> and stuff like that with like neon walls. Uh, no, I I feel like the Bucks are gonna come out of that one because I mean everybody on their team is long. You got Thon Maker, uh, Jabari Parker, and of course um, Antetokounmpo. Uh, they're just suffocating when they're into it and they're playing great defense. And for a shorthanded Boston team, you know, that's relatively small, uh, outside of Jason Tatum and um, what's the other guy from California? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Like, where is their offense going to come from? I mean, uh, Terry Rozier has been balling. Yeah, I'll Terry Rozier, like, Terry Rozier has been balling to the point. He got IG models. <laughs> uh Shouting him out, he got Eric Bledsoe being bitter, trying to forget his name. He was also a trash report nominee on that. Oh, oh you saw you saw how Terry Rozier crossed Eric Bledsoe to another time zone. He did. I don't oh know. my goodness! I'm not sure what happened with Eric Bledsoe on that one. Uh, he actually was doing that. He uh, thought he was at the hair salon again. <laughs> His legs I was like, like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> His legs looked like they were some folded pretzels or something <laughs> like that. But, uh, yo, for real, I, I think the Bucks are going to come out of that one, man, for real. Um, you know, this is the playoffs. And Terry Rozier, yeah, he's balling. But you're short. Um, you know, you're, you're short Kyrie, who you traded your life for. And then you don't have Marcus Smart, who he he's, was a he's big He's supposed to come back in two weeks if they make it that long. I don't see it, bro. I don't see it. Not at all. Well... I, I say Celtics are going to make it. No. Yeah, because, one, the Bucks don't really have a true head coach now. <laughs> I mean, they're still on interim status right now with their head coaching situation. And the way the Celtics have been playing, even though the Bucks have been winning their games, I feel like the Celtics, has, Celtics have been generally been playing better. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look into the last game, the reason they didn't really win, just Rogier, um, Tatum, they really have... Two great, great, great games. They yeah. really didn't. Um, Horford was pretty quiet as well. Jalen Brown was really the only one to erupt. But usually throughout the whole series, you see Terry Rozier cooking Eric Bledsoe, Jalen Brown cooking whoever's guarding him, Jason Tatum making some moves. Um, even Aaron Baines is dropping threes. I mean, yeah, right. I, I think the Celtics are going to edge this one out in seven. But 
when they go to the second round, that's when they're going to be done because yeah. they just got too many injuries. You're saying that? Would you say that the Bucks though are just neck and neck, and it could very well come down to? Oh yeah, it could go possession. definitely go either way. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely is going to go either okay. way. Okay, I'll give I, I I think so. I think so. But the Bucks, I, I feel like they're still a year away. They're still a year or two away from oh, yeah. being a serious team. It's great seeing Jamari Parker come back from so many injuries. I just hope next season or two seasons later, we could see the old Jabari Parker because he's shown flashes. He's shown flashes, but it's still like he's not the 20-a-game scorer he used to be. Right. I agree with you, man. Uh, who is the Bucks coach? I don't see any cutaways to the Bucks. You know coach. what? You I know who he time. is. I don't remember his name. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> That's why I didn't mention it. I know who he is, but I don't remember his name. All right, I'm looking at Exactly why I got the Celtics. If I can't even remember your name as a coach, I'm sorry. I'm would, sorry. If I was a coach, I would rather just stay in the shadows because that would increase your chances of keeping your job. You know what I'm saying? Because like uh, coaches are getting cut left and right. I don't man. think you could stay in the shadows though, because you're always going to be on cameras. You are always going to be on cameras. Let's see. Uh, Joe. Joe Prunty is his name. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. That that was his name. Okay. I'm, I'm not even sure if you're pronouncing it right, but I don't even know how to pronounce it either. So. He's got, but, he's got the look, though. But you're telling me Brad Stevens versus Joe Prunty. Really? Dude, Joe Brunty looks like uh, he works for Goldman Sachs or something. Oh, like he that. does. Yo, he does. Like I'm saying. I, I, I got Brad Stevens on that one. I'm sorry. I got Brad Stevens on that one. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, bro. So we'll we'll have to like find some kind of uh, wager to do that. Like whoever loses has to carry soccer equipment. Oh, uh, well I kind of already do that. So yeah, I kind of already do that. We'll have to figure out something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. But I kind of already, unless you want to carry. If you want to put my two soccer goals that I have in my trunk in your bag, then that's that's great. I've already got four soccer goals in my trunk. I can't fit anything. Else. Oh, really? How about like? Whoever loses has to wear like tight shorts or something like that on the field and not tell anyone. Oh no! Too tight clothes, dude. That would be hilarious. They'd be like, "Why are you over here wearing those two tight shorts, man?" I lost the bet. <laughs> bet on the Celtics, bro. It's the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> well, uh, if uh, if I okay, actually, I got a great bet on that one. If I happen to win my bet. You got to ref my games oh. while I get paid for it. Oh. <laughs> we switch roles, matter of fact. Yeah, we could do that. All right. Okay, no, actually, no, no not switch roles because I know being a league manager is also being is also draining as well. Right. So I'll just do, I'll just, I don't know, I'll just help you set, up, set off the goals and everything. We'll, you still give them the beer cards and yeah, all that. We'll figure it out. I'll give you, like, I don't know, maybe we'll break. I'll break, have to cover lunch or something like that or something like all that. Right, all right. I like I food. Come, yeah. I like food. <laughs> I they call me the snack food. god. I like food, <laughs> the you know. God. I'm the snack fool, bro. Like, snack. Bro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. I stop at those gas. I like to stop travel a lot. I stop at gas stations everywhere I go because I want to see what kind of hood snacks they got. Man. Oh, really? You know what I'm saying? If you got those uh, wrap snacks, man, have you seen the wrap snacks that they have in the stations? Wrap snack? Oh, oh no. yeah. Like Migos have a, like two really? flavors. Uh, what's the name of the guy? Lil Gotti has like two flavors. Uh, who else? Like Romeo Miller? Dude, they're good. Romeo? Yeah. Is he still relevant? I mean, he's on a bag of wraps. I think it's actually his company, uh, to be honest with you. So, oh, really? You know, when you're, when you're the CEO, you're... Oh, I, de- I, I definitely got to stop for that. <laughs> definitely got to stop for that. Like, for the people that don't know what we're talking about, we're also like, well, I'm a soccer referee, and Christopher right here is a league manager. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, so, like I'm saying, yes. I mean, if 
you, you, you got to supply the food or something or I, take my shift. I got you, man. I got you. We, we got um, there's a Willie's like right next Willie's Mexican. Yeah, it's like right next door. So we could do something like that, man. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Y'all heard it here, man. Don't worry, because the Bucks are going to win. We're not even worried about it. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you a Bucks? I thought you were a Grizzlies fan. What, what, what is this? What is this bias right now? I mean, I, I was my heart was broken when the Grizzlies signed um, what's his name the the guy who had the knee oh I can't even remember his whack name um, the guy who had the knee injury the first thing comes to mind is Derrick Rose but that's Memphis, that's the University of Memphis right um, oh right. let me look it up who cares let me look it up oh Tyreek Evans no um, they signed so many injury Chandler Parsons Oh, yeah. Dude, when they gave him a max contract, I was just like, you guys just admit Grizzlies fans usually don't speak of him. You know, you should hear how they talk. When they when they signed Chandler Parsons, you should hear how, like, they were all on Chandler Parsons. Like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be so awesome, man. Oh, yeah, I remember it. Like, really, though? You know, and he's been just worse than trash. You know what I'm saying? He's been absolutely terrible. Sometimes I forget he's in the NBA. You know, he's he's getting paid $23 I know, just, just to sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> he has the best job in the NBA. Next is Solomon Hill. And he, <laughs> Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill seems like another guy who's going to come at you with like some business proposals or something like that. Nah, he got to get a haircut on that one. He got the <laughs> nappiest hair ever. What team he, does he play for now? Is it like exactly. <laughs> we, he actually played for the Pelicans, but we barely even know that because he only gets like five minutes a game while getting paid like $18 million a year. That's probably good for him. Though, Robbery. Cause, yeah, because he's probably been on enough posters for his career. So and far. The thing is, he barely got any playing time in the Pacers. So I don't know what in the right mind did the Pelicans have when they signed him to that big of a contract. You know, it's all types of deals that go on behind closed doors, man. He must have a dope agent, man. Oh, that's that's what I said. Like, like whoever's that agent, man. Yeah. They, they they I don't know how much they ain't paid, but they ain't getting paid enough. Yeah. <laughs> like you, man. You over here managing Solomon Hill. That should be on the first thing in your resume. Got Solomon Hill like fifteen million a year, Bro, you like. Know. People look like what? Like you're hired. I, I like what? Fifty percent of the G League was looking at that news headline. Like Solomon Hill still playing? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had people like uh, Trey Burke who was busting busting his ass like in the D League for like for the half half of the season mm-hmm. while he had Solomon Hill on the NBA roster for like fifteen million. Like, <laughs> come come on now. Come and that's on. that's how I feel about Chandler Parsons. I mean. It, it, it's hard to be a Grizzlies fan. Like, if you've ever been to Memphis, you, you've seen, like, the FedEx Forum, and, you know, it's, like, right next to just one of the roughest parts uh, in Memphis. That's usually how most seen. arenas are. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, yeah, and you, you're seeing And then for Memphis to be the type of city that it is uh, with its history, its racial history, and you mm-hmm. got this Chandler Parsons coming in, getting just stupid money <laughs> and not doing anything for it, and then you see... <laughs> Um, a good percentage of the city who you know seem to like be behind him. I don't know why. I think that's a great representation of America today. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to like carefully pick my words and pick how I say it. But, yeah. So, I think that's all you got to say. It's a great representation yeah. of America. Hey, if you're real, you understand where I'm coming from with this, man. Meanwhile, you got Tyreek Evans scoring like tw- averaging almost 20 something points a game, and you know he's over here struggling to get like, a contract. How much you get paid? Like ten million, eleven million? Like <laughs> compared like to Chandler Parts, like twenty something million? It might be like one point three million. For all we know. I don't think it's that low, but I know he was such a <laughs> he was such an attractive trade option during the trade deadline because he had such a low contract. I mean, it's expiring now. He's he's definitely going to get paid. Yeah, no question. Will it be with Memphis though? 
Oh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Like, there's no point in Memphis even trying to afford him. Oh my gosh, bro. Okay, so tell me what you think his contract was. I say about eight million. Lower. Five million. Lower. You you got to be kidding me. I kid you not. Three point two nine. What? <laughs> so you telling me, Kent Bazemore of the Atlanta Hawks oh, gets gosh. paid eighteen million a year. Who, who's Ty, Tyreek Evans gets paid three point two million. Would you before I say what I was actually about to slip about Kent Bazemore, how do you feel about Kent Bazemore? Trash. Okay, thank you very much. Whose idea I mean, was it to I'll, Okay, I won't I won't say he's necessarily trash, but compared to that contract, yes he is. Dude, like, but he's a backup wing at best. Kent Bazemore, I, I wish he would I don't know, to try a career in comedy because his looks are funny. He could be like a Kevin Hart. Hey, the base games, or something hey, that, like that, that. that's been a thing. But when it comes to basketball, dude, like he he's a Solomon oh, Hill. In okay, my no, opinion. no, he ain't that bad. Okay, I, I don't know what, what Baysmore did to you. He ain't that bad. But I mean, he's a he's a, just a backup. He's he's like a solid backup yeah. at best, okay. or a fringe starter who can play with many other talented players, just like how the Atlanta Hawks were a few years ago when he was playing that three spot with Teague, yeah. with um, Kyle Korver, with Horfer, with Millsap. He played that role great. When you're trying to ask him to take on a bigger role, that's when the Hawks messed up. And this is why Boonehoser might be gone mm-hmm. is because he was the reason why Bazemore got that contract. Oh, he really? signed on it. He he was technically the general manager yeah. during that time That's before they relieved him of his duties. And um, now he's probably not going to be the coach anymore next season. Um, I was interested in the whole Mike Budenholzer thing because, you know, he... You know, I, I had a feeling he's a he's a competitive guy. You know, I had a feeling he wasn't going to stick around very much longer. But you know, he interviewed for that Phoenix job and yep. then he declined it. Um, and supposedly he's in run for the New York job. But what if? And hear me out. You know, what if the Spurs coach Greg Popovich decides not to come back? Can you see Budenholzer going to the Spurs? I actually made that theory because with everything's going on with uh, Greg Popovich and rest in peace to his wife. That's Absolutely. a very unfortunate situation. Definitely. Who knows? Uh, who knows if he might be back next year? I mean, you also got Mono Ginobili. He possibly is going to retire. Right. Tony Parker possibly not com- right. might not come back. Kawhi Leonard possibly <laughs> might not come back. Pau so Gasol, who knows? Pau Gasol. Like I, sometimes I forget he's still in the NBA. <laughs> like he's been very ir- irrelevant. Yeah. Um. Like it, it could be Buda Holder could very well be the coach because I mean honestly to me he's a carbon copy of Greg Popovich of all the Popovich disciples. Yeah. Buda Holder is the closest thing to Greg Popovich. Right. It was a great hire for the uh, Hawks when they oh, came over. Beautiful and, and hire. You could see the transition. It, it was almost like he had that Popovich style with like a little seasoning of uh, Budenholzer on top of that when you know you had uh, all of the Hawks that were playing. Was, what was it? That, Joe was, that was literally like a Spurs. That yeah. was like Spurs 2.0. The like they played just built. like the Spurs. Exactly, man. You are 100 percent correct. Like it, like you could not get any closer to having the Spurs. And honestly, it's not even his <laughs> fault for how the team. Well, it kind of is his fault, but at the same time, he's so good of a coach. I'm like, you know what? No, regardless, we're going to try to keep you here. If I'll do that if I was the GM, if I was the owner, regardless. Yeah. Like, even though you did mess this team up as well, like, I'm still going to try to keep you here because there's not many better coaches out there in the NBA than you. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I'd come back to if you, have, if you could give me John Collins, uh, I'd, I'd come back for that. Which was, a, like, yeah, great, great young player, by yeah, the way. John He's Collins, a great young player. I like the Hawks players, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the outside of Bayswater, but um, I like the Hawks players. Like, I, I'm not mad at 
as far as like a young foundation roster. I would try probably try to trade Schroeder. Probably if I could find something better. I don't, I don't like him as the future. He's like on that fringe of like I would trade him, but am I going to get something? You know, it's like he's he's it? a solid starting point guard, but at times he plays like a backup point guard. Dude, have you seen him in real life though? Um, I actually haven't seen him in real life, but like I have a bunch of friends who have. Okay, I saw him, and he's actually a bit bigger than you would think that he is. Not oh, like wide. See, or anything that, like that's that. the opposite. Because like I had one friend who said he's actually a bit smaller than what you think he is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, when I saw him, I was just like, "Whoa, that dude is actually kind of like I mean, fit." At the end of I mean? the day, he's still oh, he, oh, oh like, yeah, definitely fit. Like, I felt like he had some solid muscle. Oh, really? That's what shocked me because um, you know. Yeah, you're going to have muscle regardless in the NBA, but, like, if you see a guy like Bradley Beal, you're going to see he's completely jacked okay, compared, yeah. compared to Schroeder. Right. Well, but, I was surprised. I, I expect Schroeder to be, like, an AAU player out there. You oh, know no, no. He ain't going to look that skinny. If you've been in the NBA for at least a year, you're going to have some muscles because, like, the their workout regimen, like, throughout the se- throughout the off season, mm-hmm. like, you're definitely going to be swole. It's just compared to the others out there. Like, we see LeBron James in person. Yeah. He's going to look, he's going to, of course, he's going to look like a giant, but of course, he's going to be very defined as well. Like, even I saw uh, Brendan Haywood. Oh, Actually, gosh. in the studio, I saw Brendan Haywood. Oh, and he, and he was like, he was huge. Yeah. Like, of course, he's a seven-footer, but, right. like, he he looked very muscular, too. And this is post-retirement Brendan Haywood. I mean, I don't know. I'll, we'll see. Like, I, you know, I haven't seen, like, I'm from Memphis, so I haven't seen players like uh, Scal Lavissieri, um, you mm-hmm. know, in a while. But I imagine he's, like, still kind of Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He's still look like anorexic. <laughs> he he looks, still looks like he's anorexic. He looks like a uh, speaker wire, I basically. mean, if we see Stom Maker, he's probably still going to look super skinny. Really? You think Stom Maker's going to do Oh, Stom Maker looks like... Swole on television, man. Really, Don Maker. Uh, I think maybe his. I don't know. Maybe it's my. Television. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, his body, his body type is always going to look pretty lanky. So yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, he always looks skinny to me. Or the guy who uh, plays for the Lakers. What's his name? Uh, uh Brandon Ingram. No, Brandon yeah, Ingram got Brandon swole. Ingram. Oh, okay. Brandon Ingram got swole this season. Dude, I haven't seen any Brandon. Ingram. I know he was serving, you know, just from what I've seen. But like, I haven't seen much of Brandon. Ingram. Brandon Ingram got swole this season. Rookie Brandon Ingram, yes. Okay, but sophomore Brandon Ingram, he. <laughs> Look like he gained 40 pounds of muscle. <laughs> so uh, let's actually go through yep. the rest of these playoff My series. Man. And then, I, no, no, yeah. no, no. This is this is what podcasting is about. We we definitely go off topic. Yes, so this is what it's about. But Good to be here. Yeah, great, great to be here. So this is this, let, let's go through the rest of the series. Houston and Minnesota. We could just we could just say quick yes or no. Houston. Houston, obviously. Yeah. Like I don't think we need, even need to talk much about that one. I mean Minnesota. But it's sad though because Minnesota had all that hype, you know, coming in. They added all those pieces, and really, I was never too sold on it. I knew Jimmy Butler was going to get them to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I never believed they were going to be go far into the playoffs because I was I was hyped off Minnesota two years ago when they got. Actually, yeah, two years ago when it got Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, and with Andrew Wiggins, I thought Andrew Wiggins was going to improve, uh, like faster than what he's doing right now, and I thought like that whole roster, especially when they drafted Chris Dunn last year, because I watched, because being from St. John's, I yeah. watched Chris Dunn a lot in the Big East with, with Connecticut, yeah. so or wasn't I mean, Providence? I mean, I mean Providence, yeah. yeah. Well, Pro- Connecticut's also another team I watched, Chris, but Chris Dunn is that cold. 
you know, that dude, you come to the gym and then he's just over there doing all types of dribbles. He's like, he's like a six, four Jason Williams. That's how, that's what I compared him to because throughout when Providence was always playing St. John's, he always cooked every opposing guard yeah. that St. John's had to offer. Coming in with the black shoes and the white socks. Exactly. And the <laughs> like so he was weird. just, so, and I thought like Minnesota with that nucleus, yeah. that, that, that was going to be the new OKC. But then I was wrong. Oh, no. So, because uh, Wiggins didn't improve. Dunn got no playing time. Dunn could not play with Thibodeau. I don't know what what was wrong with that. Yeah. And then uh, Towns, he improved, but defensively, he still wasn't there. Right. So, I knew Jimmy Butler was going to correct the defensive concerns that Minnesota had. But at the same time, I just wasn't sold on, like, the other players on the team, even yeah. though they pretty much look like the Chicago Bulls, like with all the former Chicago Bulls players. But right. Andrew Wiggins, to me, has been a disappointment. Oh. Carl Towns has been one of the top players so far, but he, like, in the playoffs, of course, this is his first playoff, so he's still trying to shake off the jitters, mm-hmm. but that, I was just never sold on Minnesota Timberwolves going too far. Let me just add, before we move on, one question, though, because you mentioned Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah. Um, one, do you think that he's going to remain in Minnesota much longer, or do you feel like his days are numbered? I give him two year, two more years, okay, at best, unless he dramatically improves. Okay, I mean, I, mean, I feel like there are a number. Of it teams could be this would, off season, to be honest. I feel like a number of teams that would love to have oh, Andrew a, Wiggins, a young you know, a young yeah. athletic wing, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, two. I just thought he was going to be. A, I thought he was going to be an all star by now, right? Now, and I thought he had a potential to be a superstar. Do you feel like um, when the Cavs? obviously could have had Andrew Wiggins. Do you feel like that was the right move? That was the right move for both sides regardless because at the end of the day, Cavaliers won a championship. And that was their goal when they traded Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love was to win a championship. And they did. And Timberwolves need need to get Kevin Love out there. Kevin Love wanted out. That's true. And what they did is they got a young player, Andrew Wiggins, and they got a bunch of other pieces that kind of shaped the Timberwolves of today. So... It was a great trade for both sides. That, that was a trade where I had no problem. At first, I said uh, Timberwolves won the trade because they got the they got a player who I said had Jordan-level athleticism in mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins. Not saying it was going to be Jordan, of course, but right. I'm just saying like how athletic he is is almost like Michael Jordan's athleticism, body type, and everything. Body, yeah, body type. He looks like he has. To, he looks like Michael Jordan. I, I like, feel, yeah, he does. So Jordan body. Exactly, um, like face, like yeah, exactly. With and he has like that thin, like that thin lean body type that Jordan had as well. Right. So it's like this is a guy who had all the potential in the world. So you you definitely got to take a gamble on a player like that because if he's not going to be Jordan, of course he could definitely be Mar- Demar Derozan. He could definitely be uh like a smaller Paul George, yeah. like. I, and I thought he was going to be like kind of a Demar Derozan Paul George hybrid, but he just hasn't. He hasn't really lived up to it so far, but at the end of the day, it was still a great trade for both sides. Cavaliers, I mean, LeBron didn't want Andrew Wiggins there. He wanted to win the championship. He didn't want to wait, and they got Kevin Love, and guess what? They won the championship. So both teams accomplished what they wanted to do. So I had no problem with that trade. Just for my own selfish reasons, though, I just would have loved to see Andrew Wiggins and LeBron. Oh, I thought that that could have been a Scotty Pippen to to LeBron's Michael Jordan, but... Then again, the Andrew Wiggins did not develop to to be that Scottie Pippen type player, yeah. and I felt like if it was even the Cavaliers, his development would be much slower because LeBron would be the focal point, and he wouldn't be like one of the the star players. 
he wouldn't be one of the main players. Like, I, I mean, I saw in Kansas, he doesn't have that personality mm-hmm. to take control if he's not already in control right. of the team. So and then he went with Adidas, and you can't have like you know number one Adidas. And versus. I think that was all. You know what? It was funny. I think that also did have a factor. Yeah. Because, you know, LeBron James is all about marketing. Right. So. You can't have number one Adidas on the same team as number one. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Nike, it just doesn't work. Like, if you uh, look at the All-Star game, too, if you notice, most of his plays were Nike. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> most gross. of his plays were Nike. We got to do something. Why like do you think he didn't take James Harden? <laughs> I don't know, because his beard, I don't know. Who knows, man? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, James- Tristan Thompson may have been like, yo, don't pick James Harden. Just do one for me. Yeah, or well, like, he used to date my girl, bro. Don't even do it. Oh, I forgot. But I mean, hey, <laughs> we could talk about that one on another story with Tristan Thompson. But uh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, James Harden, like he was. Of course, he's like basically a top Adidas player. So oh yeah, that's true. James Harden is uh, number one Adidas. Yeah, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, look at that All Star team. But let's actually go through some more teams. OKC and Utah. Oh, I couldn't wait to get to this one, man, for real. Because I know how, what you guys were saying about Russell Westbrook on the previous episode, and I, I I can't wait to say this. And I wanted to see what you were going to say, but I don't feel like Russell Westbrook is a good point guard. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And by the way, shots out to Rico. He's he's a Westbrook stand. So <laughs> Westbrook is his boy. So yeah, I'm sorry, Rico. But uh, no, I, I don't feel like Russ. I, I've always felt like this, even when he was at UCLA. I feel like Russell Westbrook is. He reminds me of Dwayne Wade in a lot of ways, but just like a wild jungle Dwayne Wade with like less control, but just uncontrolled rage. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. If, that's if a great way to describe some, it. Somebody took like the evil out of Dwayne Wade and then dropped it and cloned it and then it created some kind of I don't know just engineered shooting guard. That's Russell Westbrook, but I, I'm not a fan of him as a point guard, and I don't see why everybody's referring to him as a point guard. His passes are just like luck no, passes. he's a point guard. His he's ass- definitely, if, if you could average ten assists in a season, you are definitely a point guard. Yeah. He's just a different type. He's a shoot first, shoot second, and pad stats and get assists third point guard. But, like, his assists are not, like... It's Marbury assists. It's but <laughs> Marbury was still a point guard, so I mean, that's what I call it, Marbury assists. That's true. It's that's when true. You, and when you pass at the last second or when you just pass just to pad your assist stats. But, I mean, with him at the point guard and him as the primary player, where has OKC gone? Like, what, what are they doing? Like, they're where, usually, like, fifth fourth place right in where, west where's that getting them are they improving in your mind or are they declining they're they're actually they're just staying stagnant right <laughs> they're not really they're not really declining because they only had one more win the last season okay that's true but if you're st- in my opinion if if you're staying stagnant you're declining because that's not what yeah. you're trying to do Good. so great point um i just feel like russell Westbrook needs another dominant person i would love to see like russell Westbrook and demarcus cousins be on the same oh no i don't think that (laughs) actually i think that would be negative i mean it would be entertaining at the very least though kevin Durant was actually the perfect person because it was like yin and yang you had Durant who was like the laid back Mm -hmm. but yet i'll take charge like i'm not scared to take charge but i'm just laid back with westbrook's just uh, aggression that was actually the perfect combination i feel like if 
if it wasn't OKC, like Russell Westbrook wouldn't be able to get away with like most of the stuff that he does. If, but if he had a different coach, yeah, he wouldn't be able to get away with this. That, it's not OKC if he had a different coach. Oklahoma City's so desperate for like a team and then a star and and whatnot. Like they would do anything if Russell Westbrook wants to run that team into the ground and run I mean, that fan track and, and keep them from ever winning a uh, spot. Then that, we have that's the perfect examples. Look at Victor Oladipo right now. You're right. Look at Ennis Cantor, right. what he did for the Knicks this season. Like These players have become better once they left Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, put him as shooting guard, bro. Like, like, let's see. I would love – this is what I would love to see. But he's so ball-dominant. I feel like I feel like putting at point guard, shooting guard is not going to make much of a difference because he's so ball-dominant anyways. And putting him at shooting guard, I feel like he'll be worse because that means he'll have to play off ball more and he doesn't have a jump shot like well, that. He only has a mid-range shot. I mean, here, but still, that's it. Here's he's a happened. point guard. He's he's a point guard. He's just he's not an efficient point guard. You need someone who can come and manage and install uh, some sort of I mean, organization. Unless you like want to treat him like how within their team, how period. Sixers did Allen Iverson and have like a guy like uh, Eric Snow, similar player at point guard. I'm with that. A guy who's not really going to need a ball in his hands will play defense. Will, Control the game while Iverson was better. Yeah. Iverson and Westbrook, they are kind of similar. This Westbrook was like more is bigger and more athletic. Yeah. While Iverson was like the 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 guy with the most pound for pound the best player in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just that's just my you know that's I, I I just don't see him as like I mean I see him as being like you said a score first point guard and that's fine, but like I think he would be so much better if he was just like. Your two guard, you know, your classic two guard. No, I would much rather see him do that. I think he's best at point guard. I just, I just think you got to have a more assertive coach that tells him stop panning your stats. Cause we could, you could even go back to he was what was also going to be a trash report nominee was <laughs> was uh, Russell Westbrook getting six points, twenty rebounds, oh, and nineteen assists in the last game of the NBA season. <laughs> Just so he can average a triple double again. I mean, like if that's not padding your stats, I don't know <laughs> what is. When does Westbrook ever score six points? Yeah, only when and, he wants and, to. And why does he? When he needed sixteen rebounds just to average ten, he decided to get twenty that game. And nineteen is like you're you're a point guard. I mean, somebody else needs to come into that locker room and step up and be like, "Bro, you need to change this. Like, this is not going to get us a championship." And I don't know what your your aim, your end goal in this is, but like, it needs to be to win a championship. And like, now they've got Paul George, Mister. I don't know playoff P. Like, <laughs> who who gave him that nickname? I don't know. He he's like I, there is a guy who went to my high school who Paul George reminds me of. Um, always with the waves and the hair and everything like that. Just uh, just there I mean, to that's, show off. That's Joe Johnson. To Paul, <laughs> yeah, Joe Johnson did, did have them crashing like, waves. George man. got the afro now. <laughs> but he's all. He, I don't know what Paul George is always in the wrong place. You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm not confident that they're going to be able to beat Utah, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. Yeah. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be one of the top five players uh, at some point in time I could see it. in his career. I could see it. So, uh, And I just feel like Utah plays with more control, more composure, more heart. Teamwork and as well. That's why I, you need to take the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands. Tame him. He's, he's untamed. He's a wild bucking Bronco out there just throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? It's tipping off people, knocking over beers in the front row and everything like that. <laughs> like, somebody needs to tame Russell Westbrook or else he's just going to be, you know, um, I don't know, 
no championship having pick your shooting guard that's never been won a championship so and paul george he's been looking like the best player on okc for right. the series right like even though that playoff p he needs he needs to change he has he hasn't earned that nickname yet right you know you don't remind me of a guy who's been uh been big in the playoffs. I mean, aside from the Pacers phase when you were going against the Cavaliers, you were you were decent then. But last year, you were the guy taking the ball away from C.J. Miles and wanting to take that shot and missing <laughs> for that game winner. And and you're over here calling yourself playoff P. Uh, nah, I don't think so. But he has been the best player. Westbrook has been looking like he's trying to fit in, but he can't. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I think Utah is definitely winning that series because. It's not just Donovan Mitchell. Rubio has been playing out of this. Rubio has been getting Westbrook stats, actually. Yeah. 26, uh, 11, and 10, I think, or 26, 10, and 11. And, and did you see what Russell Westbrook said? Like, he's going to shut that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, shut bro? Shut that like, bleep down. What if you don't? Like, I'm not going to be surprised. You know, Rubio, he's not even worried about it. I feel like Rubio's finally found a good place for him, somewhere where he can. I, and I, I kind of felt like Utah was, like, a good place for him, um, somewhere that's not necessarily in spotlight light you know what i'm saying it's off just kind of in the mountains he can hide and uh outside of that like i think they have a well-rounded roster that uh can take down the thunder oh yeah we also forgot about gobert so we both agree utah is winning that series yeah i think philadelphia 3-1 i think we all we agree we don't we don't think we have to waste time on that one we all agree that 76ers got that one yeah Unless you think Miami's going to be making a miraculous comeback. With James um, Johnson? <laughs> it was t- James Johnson, Richardson, and uh, Whiteside, and, and Wade? I'm, I'm looking through all the playoff teams. And drag I, I think they really do got the least talented team in, in the NBA playoffs. I'm surprised but, yeah. they got one game. I'm even surprised to see that. And I feel like Spolstra does not get his respect because Goran Rogers is your best player. Player. Yeah, I'm not saying Hassan Whiteside because Hassan Whiteside is a third string center right now, but Goran Dragic is your best player, right? And you over here in the playoffs right now, like Spolstra does not get his respect. But okay, so we got 76ers on deck, yeah. And Toronto and Washington, do you feel like Washington could be the eighth seed that beats the one seed? Did you see John Wall just? <laughs> obliterating the rim and dunking on everybody like he is playing outside of himself right now i think i think actually he should be playoff wall because because <laughs> i mean he's like in the playoffs john wall is always in, on another level bro he's playing more like john wick out there right now you know, <laughs> you know he's just he's doing everything and that's what it has to be man he's about he's about to shake that curse for washington dc man um, I so do you really think Washington can pull it off? No, nah, bro. <laughs> yeah, they're going back to the six. Yeah, and uh, Toronto. Like, if it wasn't for that home court advantage that Toronto has, yeah, I felt Washington would have won. But if it was just like completely neutral, nah. Washington would would beat Toronto in a seven game series. But because of that home court advantage, I got Toronto. Okay, yeah, I, I got it. Toronto. I gotta give it to Toronto. Bradley Beal though, he's also been playing on a ridiculous level Man. right now. You saw him throw that tantrum when he fell. <laughs> I, and it was warranted because what did Bradley Be- what could Bradley Bill could have done DeRozan ran into him I mean hey <laughs> like DeRozan went I, if I was a referee I would just let the let, let him keep playing like yeah, let Rosen true. let the Rosen pass it out because what what did Bill do? I can kind of understand because, um, you know, you got to either move your feet, you know, so that way. But I mean, the Rosen, like, literally just, it was like 
it was, it was like Bill didn't have time to react. He was just happened to be right there, and and DeRozan tripped on Bill. I would I would give that no call because I'm like it's not like Bill really did anything. He just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. The contact, in my opinion, from when I was looking at it, it looked like the contact was at the hip, and I feel like if you're a ref that's just you know, and you're focusing right where that you're gonna call that every single time. Because I felt the refs just saw the Rosen fall down, and it's like, okay, we gotta call something. So well, sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I still don't agree. If I was the referee, I would have just had to let that play yeah. play out. If I was Bill, I would have just sat down and been like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I I I agree for that tantrum. I mean. So, so I don't even talk about going to San Antonio. We already know what's going to happen. Oh, Matter of fact, we don't need to talk about. We don't need to talk about what who who's okay. winning between their series until the conference finals. Like <laughs> we already know, Warriors are going to win. So who is the best player on the Spurs? I mean, is it is it Rudy Gay? Because like, oh my gosh, how is Rudy? Gay? How well, no, it's Lamarcus Aldridge. Do you mean? Oh, it's definitely Lamarcus Aldridge. No question. No. Okay, I guess so. it's definitely Lamarcus Aldridge. Like. All right, well, we, we're not going to. If we're not talking about the the guy who's missing in action, Kawhi Leonard, like, <laughs> right. I mean, if he's still going to be a spur, he who, is the story right now. So. <laughs> he really is, and then uh, I think that was about it. Oh yeah, yeah Cleveland, Indiana. We didn't. We didn't, oh, did not mention. I'm glad that. we saved it for last, though. You yeah, know, this is the last series. Um, so where where do you want to start with that one? Ah, uh, I even wrote notes about it. Cleveland is not making it past. The second round. I agree. I'll say that. They will make it past Indiana Pacers, but they will not make it past the second round. (laughs) This is just... This is the most LeBron-esque team since LeBron went to the finals against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs When his second best player was... Was he even Mo Williams? Was he even on that team that time? Or was it Booby Gibson? It was... Oh, that's a good question. That's what I'm saying. Like... Yeah. Like, it was irrelevant. And it was like a 23-year-old LeBron James. Didn't he have Brendan Haywood, too? Wasn't that like the Yeah, same? yeah, he had Brendan Haywood. Right. had Brendan Haywood. He was, was like 2006 or He had Larry Hughes, who was like more injured than he was on, even on the court. Right. Man, Larry Hughes used to be cold. But speaking of, I, I wrote some notes about that. Um, first of all, Kevin Love is a disappointment. And um, I, I would love I would to say he's him. a disappointment. He's just injury. He's just fragile. He's just paper mache. That's it. But... He used to be, when he was with the Timberwolves, he used to be that guy. That because was, he was the only guy. But That's he, why he got 15 rebounds a game, and I called it. I was a fan of his because he was down there in the trenches doing dirt. You know what I'm saying? And now he's over here shooting Banana Republic commercials and, like, shooting threes and everything. And, and both of them are failing, in my Two opinion, words. But. LeBron James. Like, <laughs> the way LeBron James plays is hard for Kevin Love to play his game. So he has to be relegated to be more of a shooter, just like Chris Bosh had to. I get it. It's still just I, I like I guess maybe more so because I was a fan of that dirty grimy Kevin Love and now I'm subjected to this clean refined. and injuries also I believe played a part into Kevin Love's game right now because he can't play that game anymore with all the injuries he's had it's kind of like Blake Griffin how he's not like the super high flyer anymore yeah well no okay I'll give you that one but what about J.R. Smith how do you feel about J.R. Smith I mean. And, and overall, in his just career and everything, where he's one right word now. for you, trash. Oh. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about Jr. Okay, that, the that, Henny God. 
I mean, if needs it, more heady or something. I don't know. <laughs> when he came out of high school, like I had so much like hype for him, man. And Everybody did. This is not where I had anticipated J.R. Smith was going to end up. I know? mean, we thought the same thing about Gerald Green. Thought the same thing about Sebastian Telfair. I mean, True. it was that's huge. One of the reasons why we haven't won in Dunderville now. I mean, it's not like J.R. Smith's ability. It's more of his actual maturity. Yeah. That was always been. Because he always had ability in abundance. But if he was actually a more mature player in his prime years, he probably would have been a star. Yeah. Not just a six-man. Yeah. So, there's that. Uh, did you see Larry Nance's eyebrows? Oh, no, I didn't see that. What okay. happened? I, he's He looks like he's getting them arched or threaded. Really? Yeah, it's really weird. Like, he had a post-game interview, and I was just looking like, what is wrong? Like, I didn't even want to believe it was Larry Nance. I was like, what? This is high-flying dude. You know what I'm saying? I was a oh, fan. Oh, I've got to Google bro, this now. Dude, he has gone Hollywood, bro. <laughs> oh, no, he was Hollywood. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's <laughs> ironic he left Hollywood and then went to Cleveland and became Hollywood. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how that works, so. You got those. Um, and then Jordan Clarkson. I feel like he's the generic light-skinned baller uh, just out there. <laughs> Pretty much. Doing what generic light-skinned basketball players do. Um, I feel like the NBA needs Lance Stevenson um, or at least a Lance We Stevenson all need type. a Lance Stevenson in, exactly. in life. <laughs> in life. Because I, I love to watch them play. I think he goes very well with Oladipo and he goes well with Collison Turner. I like that squad. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe the Cavs will lose to the Pacers. I would love. To I don't. See it. I don't think. I don't think so. It's just gonna be a show. Then LeBron is probably gonna just take over and make sure they don't lose at all. That's right. But he just can't do that for the second phase. I forgot he can just go Super Saiyan at any time. Yeah. <laughs> just like be at a whole other level than everybody else. All right. So uh, after this, we're gonna be be back to the break, and we're gonna talk about our trash reports <laughs> and the NFL yes. draft. That's right. That's what we have to cover here on the Unemployed Sports Report. I'm the trash man. All right, I am the trash man. And what we got here is the trash report. So, you, you know I'm a generous person. So, Christopher, I'll let you take the honors. Who is your trash report? Okay, so this might upset... 90% of the nation, but I'm calling out everybody who is a fan of the or all of these fans, uh, these um, major college football conference fans, such as Big Ten fans, uh, if your team's in the Big Ten, uh, what else? You got Big Ten, Big 12, um, ACC, and especially the SEC, because people are just crapping all on UCF, who was the team that went undefeated. And, you know, now they want to celebrate their own national championship and, and they're holding it against them when, you know, what I'm saying? UCF and other teams that are not in the major conferences, they don't get a chance to compete against teams that are in the majors because the system is so biased against teams that are not in the uh, Pac-12, SEC, you know, the big time major That's conferences. That's where they get the most money. Well, I mean, so what are we, you know, are we going to pretend that this is about competition or is this about money now? Because it's, it's always been about money with the NCAA, <laughs> and they're getting, and you know, when they're starting to eat, they're uh, they're, they're going to get in trouble for that. You're, you're starting to see that with the uh, FBI investigation that is going on with the NCAA. But um, why are people going in on UCF? Because 
they are celebrating. You know, I actually went to the AAC championship game because I played my school, my alma mater, University of Memphis, and we lost. It was one of the best games I've ever been to. Uh, UCF has an incredible campus, uh, a lot of nice distractions along that campus, oh, too. Oh, I, I could imagine. <laughs> Central Florida? Yes. Oh, great. I could imagine. Great weather. I mean, the weather was perfect. Um, but you can't, you know, and they say UCF, well, they didn't play anybody. Well, teams are scared to play these non-conference, uh, these non-major conference schools because they have great products that are going to go out there and compete very hard because they got the chip on their shoulder. Exactly. And so how can you say that about these schools that if they could, I'm sure they would step out there and, and contend for a championship or try to get into a conference that you know, gets all of the glory and everything, but they can't, you know? The thing is, I would have been down for, like, a game for UCF versus Alabama, but how could they have a game when UCF's coach literally just left shit after <laughs> after their bowl game? Bro, like, I was at the championship. They said that he was on a, a private jet flight, like, <laughs> halftime <laughs> to go sign that contract, dude. So, I understand Tell that. Tell me, how did the report come out during the game? <laughs> I mean... But look at it like this. UCF, I remember back then when they beat Oklahoma, or I think it was Oklahoma. They beat somebody back then, um, or when Boise State beat Oklahoma in 2007. Statue, Statue of like, Liberty. Or 2000, yeah, it was in Statue of Liberty play. So you got to give these teams a chance to play. And like I was, we were, I was telling you earlier, I find it hard to call Alabama the national championship when they weren't even the best team in their own conference but they beat the best team in their own conference for it, the national championship I so mean, i call them national champions but they but they are not the sec champions so like i don't it's it's weird that you can have a team that is not that is not recognized as the best in their conference for that year be the best and that's another thing how do you have two sec teams play each other how do you have and, and when you have what? SEC rules college football. That's <laughs> what it is. You have like six pow- big conferences, and you have the the Power Five or whatever, or Power Six, whatever it is. You have all these conferences to decide who is the best, you know, uh, college football team, or I, I don't know, maybe the most money making college football team. And how do you have two SEC teams in there though? Like, how is that represented in America? Is what I want to know. I mean, you know, like UG, UGA has been great that season, and you and. I mean, it's simple. They had the bracket. Hap- it just so happens UGA and Alabama yeah. just happened to be the final two. I know you m- made this point before the show. Sorry that you said that Alabama should have been in the top four to begin with. But, hey, Alabama proved they should have been in the top four because they went on their way to win a national championship. In typical Georgia fashion, <laughs> how UGA just completely blundered that national championship game, but I mean, literally. they ended up winning. Dropped so. the ball. Literally. Yeah, li- literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. So, well, I mean, okay, so my trash is going out to all those fans who want to call out UCF for, you know, giving themselves these self acclaimed titles, criticizing them for not playing, you know, big games or big schools when you've got all of these big time programs and they're scheduling games against. FCS teams like UT Chattanooga and uh, Appalachian State and and almost losing to these schools. The gap is closing in and we need to make sure that everybody gets a chance. It's it's unequal the way that it's all set up and I understand it's about money. But I mean, if I was Alabama or UGA, why play UCF if I don't have to? 
exactly why why but then don't complain about ucf who wants to who who would play you if they could have a chance and wants to proclaim themselves as the national champion because they haven't lost a game don't criticize them i say the remedy should be a top eight playoff not top four top eight i agree with so you. all these teams like auburn as well mm-hmm. i believe it was ohio state or they were in the top four yeah but like yeah, was it Nebraska? See, like college football was so long ago to me. So I, but there was like a lot of bubble teams that could have been in the top four. Right. So if you give a top eight, I feel like you completely eliminate that bubble, Absolutely. and you got really the top eight best teams, and then there'll be no buts about it. I agree. UCF would have been in there. I would be more cool with that. Um, okay, so like right now they have six bowl games that are called the New Year Six games. Okay. So yeah. Basically, you take those six bowl games, okay? You have four quarterfinal matches. Um, or is that four? Yeah, four quarterfinal matches, so that's eight teams. Then you have two of those, you know, major bowl games that they have at the end of the year for the semifinal matches, and then you have a national championship game. And wherever that is, you know, whatever stadium that they build that they want to host it at, that's what they can do. But I think if you – I would be much more satisfied, one, if you had eight teams to contend – or if you took eight conference championships, and let's see who the best conference champion. But then is, Alabama you know, wouldn't be Alabama wouldn't be in that that tournament. I mean, if they want to get into it under my format, then just be, but, win your but conference. Then, but then the argument is SEC. Like they they you could argue there was three teams in the SEC that probably could be the best team in any other conference. I mean, so it's not fair for the SEC if, if you have that. So I, I I like the current system right now. Just, I don't think you need to do conference championships because mm-hmm. I mean like like you could have a weak a very weak conference. Like mm-hmm. what was a weak conference this? Like the Pac-12 wasn't. They say was, the Pac-12 was weak. Yeah. Yeah. Was that fairly weak this season? So all of a sudden they get in just because they win their conference. While SEC, you can have two teams that have one loss and one of them can't get in because they didn't win their conference. I don't think that makes sense to me. Well, it's also biased because Notre Dame, who's not even in a conference, um, for some reason is able to schedule these games against these big programs, even though they have zero conference affiliation Money. in football. Okay. You know what? That, that's I'm, the answer to everything. I'm just going to stop there because money is just the answer to that's everything. That's the answer to every everything. You can't fight money, though. You can't fight money. That's yeah. the NCAA and money. They're all synonymous. So my trash report is someone also looking for money, <laughs> but probably won't get as much money because he went from being an all-star caliber center to back to being a G League caliber center in the span of one week. And that is Hassan Whiteside. Oh, you have been absolutely trash. <laughs> like, what is it? Like, 3.2 points a game? Like, 3.6 rebounds? Like, you went from you went from being a star player on the Miami Heat to being, to packing up Bam Adebayo's bags in the locker room. Like, <laughs> like what, what's been going on here? And every time I see him in, on these reports, he's always complaining, oh, woe is me, Spolstra needs to do better. He needs to get me involved in the game. Why don't you do better? You are playing for a contract. I, and you over here playing like you did in Sacramento Kings. I don't I don't understand that. That's it's the like I said, there's a level of hunger missing in a lot of players today. It it makes it hard to watch basketball nowadays cuz it's it's so much faster. Uh you don't have a variety of gameplay. You don't have anybody playing defense really. And you know, it's it's it the game is essentially in an area where Hassan Whiteside can go out there, get paid ridiculous amounts of money and then find something to complain about. 
and still suck. You know what I'm saying? So I I agree. He should be in your trash report. He should be yeah. in your oh. landfill report. Oh man. oh really? Like John yes. Johnny Manziel. Like I don't know how far back you went to the show, but John Manziel, he's like he's like the trash report legend. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely like trash report legend. Hey, Johnny Manziel is one of my favorite. He's on the Hall of Fame. He is one of my favorite athletes of all time, despite all the garbage. I mean that he carried teams literally like he was that man you know so I, and now I still give him and now him. all he did in the nfl is carry alcohol bottles hey you know that i don't know there may have been some false reporting <laughs> I, uh, I don't know about that one i, I mean i think i think the results <laughs> spoke for themselves for johnny manza i love jo- i love johnny manza yeah. i love johnny football but I'm, I mean, I'm biased you know, on that like i gotta give it to you you're I right mean, he should even trash my stephen a smith voice i love johnny football but <laughs> but he's been absolutely terrible <laughs> Like basically, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, okay, so let's actually, since we're on the quarterback conversation, okay. let, let's go to the quarterback conversation in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Now, are you sold on any of these five quarterbacks? You got your Sam Darnold, who has been probably, you could argue he's probably the most talented quarterback, just in terms of like natural gifts, like the way he could throw the ball. Mm-hmm. But he throws an interception, it seems like, every three passes or fumbles. Okay. He, he, he's so turnover prone. It's unbelievable. Like he, when he was in USC. Then you've got your Josh Allens, who apparently can throw the ball 80 yards sitting on one knee. Yeah. But from playing in Wyoming, like such a small school, like bar- barely Division One. If, if it was even Division One, if I could remember. Yeah. But he was over there. Uh, under 60% completion percentage, not even playing good for a small college. Then I'll, he got... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to break down every single yeah, quarterback. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be, be, before we like have this rebuttal, he got your Josh Rosens, who, I mean, he, he he's like he's like the sexy pick, the guy from California, yep. number one high school quarterback and all, but he's as fragile as, like, he, he he's basically like toilet paper. Like in terms, he's he's Scott's toilet paper. That's what he is in terms in terms of him being able to stay on the field. Yeah. And then you got like he got some problems like in terms of, like his attitude. Like he's the one that said he didn't want to go to the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it, it it was great saying that when you were a projected top five pick, but now since you're falling, it was yeah. like I think you probably would want to go to the Browns now. Well, the Browns probably don't want him now. Oh so yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. Then you got um you got Baker Mayfield, who is like he was kind of similar to Johnny Manziel in a way. He's like he he like has like his own taunt. I mean, he grabs his crotch <laughs> to taunt as well. Uh, I was with that man. Like if if you got that much, I, I like uh, that angst I, towards somebody else. Like hey, let it go. Bro. That's what like, I'm saying. I like that swaggery yeah. about him. I like that. I love it actually. I'm with it, man. Yeah, I love it, but. The thing I'm worried about is this guy really a top five quarterback with his measurables. I'm not not the type of guy to go over measurables all the time, but I mean this guy could very well be Johnny Manziel 2.0. Yeah, that drop guy one draft top five, and then you got last but not least the guy who won a Heisman <laughs> yet, but still scouts want him to be a wide receiver. 
despite him having record numbers in Louisville, and that is Lamar Jackson. And didn't he win a Heisman as a redshirt freshman? Yes, like, he did. Okay. All right, just making sure I have it. Yeah, correctly. yeah. Yes. Thanks for clarifying that one. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that <laughs> on, one. On his, his first season actually playing in college football, he won a Heisman. Yeah. Then his second season playing, he actually has better stats. Right. And still people want him to be a wide receiver. So let me just review those choices because, I mean, you know, this has been crazy. Obviously, Darnold, he's got that uh, USC. We he, he plays for one of those traditional darling schools. Um, I think USC had a very talented team that, based off when I look at the Darnold film, um, they made him look a lot better than I think a lot of people are projecting him to be. Now, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, the NFL is a talented league. So if he gets in the right situation, sure, he could be Is the Browns really a right situation? Well, now that they have uh, Jarvis Landry, um, you know, and then they've got a lot of good ball players and good talent that's coming in, could be, but I'm not that sold on Darnold. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have to – I feel like he's probably going to have to sit – uh, oh, I, yeah. I just I don't see NFL ready when what? I see Darn. I don't see number one overall when I see. I would rather pick Saquon Barkley, who I think should be the top. No. Pick, but there's so much bias and hate towards running backs. For, I, we can talk about that another time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As for Saquon Barkley, if I was the Browns, I wouldn't pick him number one because I very well believe I could get him number four. Okay. So that's why I wouldn't pick him. I mean, Giants might take Saquon Barkley, but I'd rather have that gamble yeah. and focus on the quarterback with. How crazy, like, because if they don't take Sam Darnold, the Giants are going to take Sam Darnold. And then the Jets are going to take a quarterback, maybe Baker Mayfield. So then someone's going to take Josh Allen. Then, yeah, well, they're going to take either Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen. So Browns will only have, like, one of the three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. like, left. Well, like, uh, okay, so, I, I, like I said, I, Darnold, you know, he, he's just, he's got the look. I'll put it that way. He's got the look, um, just not even, like... <laughs> Physically, like he's just got like the, just the blonde hair. The blonde, yeah, I think that's why all of these scouts and everything are falling in love with him. But like I said, USC, I think they had a super talented team. Because when I watch film, like a lot of the passes, you see the receivers really like making a lot of plays that I think helped Darnold look a lot better than he was. Now, as for Allen, um, so he can he's got a strong arm that's I think great. It's gonna be a bust. I'm sorry. When I saw him play in his bowl game, I did like what I see. You, you did it, okay? I, I did like what okay. I see. Um, now, whether he's going to, you know, he's worth putting a top, you know, a top five pick over, I don't know. I don't really see that. I think there's a lot more value in other positions that could be used, but um, I definitely, I'm not so worried about the accuracy, you know. It's it's not that kind of a game right now. To be honest with you, what wins championships is blocking on offense, which is why True. you see the Eagles, they won the championship yep. or the Super Nick Bowl Foles. last year with Nick Foles because everybody was an outstanding blocker. They blocked so well. That's why they're running game. Because when you block well, you're running back. That's why Falcons went to the Super Bowl the other year. They Absolutely. had the best offensive line in football, exactly. arguably. Best offensive line. They had the fullback. They were able to make plays, and they were able to block Matt down Ryan field. looked like an right. MVP. You were able to get into the second level. And if you can do that every single time, man, you're going to score. If you block, to me, if you could block for any quarterback, you'll make them look great. Absolutely. If so, you, no matter what the quarterback is, you could block for any quarterback. That's the key. Make them look You've great. You've got to block. And, uh, of course, defense. Defense has to tackle. You can't give up tackles. You've got to turn the ball over. So, you know, back when the Falcons made it, they had that crazy defense. you got to get to yep. the backfield and sack quarterbacks. And that's what Philadelphia was able to do. 
I called it, and if I could find the text message I sent to my Eagles friends at the earlier uh, at, at the beginning of the season, I said, "Yo, the Eagles got it, man." Uh, the quarterback, he was my quarterback in fantasy football, man, carried me through all the way to second place because he got hurt. But anyway, um, so I don't want to talk about my fantasy teams. <laughs> so I, you know, I I'm not worried about the accuracy with Allen. What I what I saw was pretty common. That was with a not as talented team. So I think he would. I would put him above Darnold. Rosen, he is just the pretty boy. Like you said, his attitude, I don't like it. I don't even hear or see a lot of UCLA players talk about him at all in like a good He light. wasn't even the captain. <laughs> you <gonna laughs> That's the thing. Guys. How are you a top five projected quarterback? You're not even a captain on your own team. Pretty much, man. Um, it, I, I'm just not sold on Rosen. They played University of Memphis um, last year and this year. And, you know, I watched both games, of course, me being a Tiger fan and Tiger alone. But the defense pretty much held Rosen in check both games. So I'm not sold on Rosen. I don't get what they're seeing in him, bro. Like, for real. Uh, I mean, he's, it looks like he's starting to fall now. So yeah, so I, I think a lot of NFL teams are starting not to see anything in Rosen either. And, you know, a lot of the information that you hear could also be, like, smoke screen. Yeah. So we, True. we don't know. But I'm, I'm not sold on Rosen. Like, Patriots uh, being interested in Josh Rosen. Like, that's definitely smoke. <laughs> I've heard Patriots interested today. I saw that they may be interested in uh, Lamar Jackson. So I say that might not be smoke because he might fall to the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, and if you ask me, Jackson is the best quarterback in this draft. Uh, he's got the speed. He's got the arm. Uh, every time I've seen him, he has made plays to separate himself from schools that are at the top yeah. level. Um, his team, the Louisville team, then the receiver core that he had was not as talented this year as it was last year. And he had better stats. Right, and he had better stats. So I don't know what they're saying. You know, I don't want to say it's a race thing or anything like that, but uh, – you know, the proof is in the pudding, man. I think maybe because when they look at Lamar Jackson, they see Michael they see Vick. The, yeah, they see Michael Vick. They see the small bill. Or Marcus They see Vick. that speed. Right, you know? Yeah. And it, it just doesn't make sense to me. But, it, like, they let somebody named Russell Wilson um, back then fall all the way to the third round. And if you watch Russell Wilson when he was yeah, at NC him in State. Co- yeah, or NC Wisconsin, State or Wisconsin. Yeah, what, like, I did. Dude, he, he was, was amazing. Uh, incredible. So, you but know. But I think Russell Wilson's knock was it was more because of his height right. than more than anything but i mean what is one inch what what are a couple of inches about this big you know yeah so you mean to tell me that's the difference i mean right? scouts i think they overanalyze measurables a little bit too much but then he calls to make the case of baker mayfield mm-hmm. if are you really gonna risk taking a guy with like little measurables at top five well when this know. guy looked like more of a system i don't say a system quarterback but he never really played like in an nfl style yeah offense I, I mean, I love his heart, and uh, he was definitely instrumental in Oklahoma's and Oklahoma's uh, success over the past two years. Now, unfortunately, the team wasn't able to, you know, keep it up and maintain that intensity to win the games. You know, they almost beat Georgia. Yeah, but, uh, I and I that's would, when I saw Baker Mayfield's weaknesses. Oh, really? When they lost to Georgia, because like the interceptions he had, like the fact they had to run out the pot, like. Georgia forced him out the pocket a lot because he couldn't. It didn't seem like it was really comfortable staying in the pocket. Yeah. to make throws. He reminds me of like a Philip Rivers. Not you know Philip Rivers has that weird sidearm throw. So not yeah. necessarily in terms of mechanics, but in terms of like intensity, will to win. Uh, I think he could be. Let's see. If Jackson is my number one, I would put Mayfield at number two. Not necessarily best on or not necessarily based on like capability but based on the type of player that you want on your team 
Uh, so I like Jackson number one. I like Mayfield. I'll put Allen maybe at number three. <laughs> I hate to just dump on Donald and Rosen, but they're at the bottom. But I want to give a shout out to Quentin Flowers from University of South Florida. All right. I've seen Quentin Flowers play a number of games because, like I said, my school, we were in the AAC and, uh, we, you know, Quentin Flowers had as an incredible story. Like if you, you know, get a chance, check out his story. But the games that he played and he had, he carried that University of South Florida team literally. And um, I saw a lot of, like we mentioned Russell Westbrook and his color career. I saw a lot of that in Quentin Flowers. And I think that maybe in the right situation with the right amount of, uh, of training and coaching, Quentin Flowers could be that gem to come out of this draft. All right, he's called for Brady right there. Yeah, so he he's going to come out. You know, they've got him projected like third, fourth, fifth round. Late, let's just say late rounds. But um, Quentin Flowers is somebody who I think people need to keep Well, I hope on. the Patriots draft him then. <laughs> so that's what I hope. But, uh, so let me let me explain my quarterbacks before we got to go since we are kind of running out of time. Yeah. But my quarterbacks, I'll say number one will be Sam Darnold. Okay. Because I I he is turnover prone, yes. But I actually have to disagree with you on the talent thing. I felt like there was games where Sam Darnold, like, I forgot which game. I think it was UCLA, but I'm not, it was definitely against a Pac-12 team. But where he came back from behind and he kind of willed his his team mm-hmm. to come back and win. And he was running for touchdowns. He was throwing for them. He was making beautiful throws. Okay. And, like, this guy is definitely so extremely raw to me. Like, he's not NFL ready yet. Yeah. But the Browns got Tyrod Taylor. So, if I was if I was a Browns, I wouldn't even let him play a snap. Yeah. I'll, like, I would have him just sit under Tyrod Taylor. Watch Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is what Darnold needs to be in terms of controlling the football because Tyrod Taylor rarely turns the ball over. Yeah. So if you can combine Darnold's natural skills with Tyrod Taylor's ability to like to keep on to the ball, like to control the ball, I think you'll have a very great quarterback. Okay. So to me, he is my number one for that. Because I feel like he has so much natural talent. It's just that like he hasn't been playing quarterback for that long. Like he was a linebacker for his first two years of high school. Oh wow. Yeah. I so didn't know that. so yeah. So he's still learning the quarterback position. So yeah. to me, I just in terms of just potential, I have Darnold number one, and I'll have him sit. But he could be like a Hashim the Beat, you know? I don't know, no, no. Hashim the Beat, though. Hashim the Beat had no skills. <laughs> Darnold has skills. He just he just needs to hone in on. He just needs more experience. Mm-hmm. He just he, he the thing is he's very accurate. He just doesn't make good decisions. Okay. He just doesn't make good throwing decisions. Gotcha. It's like pressing the wrong button on Madden. That's basically Darnold. He's an accurate quarterback, but he just presses the wrong button. Okay. He he throws it into double coverage when he should have just thrown threw it to the open tight end. Yeah. Well, that's, that's Sam Darnold. Yeah, maybe some time, some season can do exactly. Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry. I think they're gonna like be made for each other, especially oh, per- chemistry. That, that's perfect. They've got a whole season to develop chemistry. Jarvis Landry and his nine yards per catch. <laughs> Average in, yes. and Tyrod Taylor with like six yards per catch throw. I'm like, telling you, they're like made for each other. So I expect big. Oh, I'm, I'm getting Landry on on fantasy for the third straight year at my PPR for that. <laughs> then um, I got Lamar number two. Okay. I got Lamar for for pretty much everything you said. I I don't know. I feel like he's being overanalyzed. I'm not sure if it's even a race thing. I just feel like he's just being too overanalyzed because of the previous scrambling quarterbacks before him and mm-hmm. the fact that he has so much athletic ability they feel like 
he's probably going to overuse it and it should be honed on something else. But yeah. no, I see the, I see the, a star in this kid. I see a star. I can actually say kid because I'm older than him. <laughs> so I see a star in this kid right here. I mean, the and, passes he was making, like you saw just rip after yes. rip. Like, and it looks so effortless. It like, does. Like, he ha- effortless. If you're talking about Josh Allen's arm, you should be talking about Lamar Jackson's arm. I agree. The thing is with Lamar Jackson as well is his accuracy, but also that could be fixed. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that... I mean, he could play right away because of his athletic ability, but I feel like he, he also probably needs to sit a year as well. I feel like you could just, put Lamar Jackson in instantly. Just, just put him in packages. I feel like that would be great for packages. But, like, for as for a full-time quarterback, he still he, I feel like he still could produce good stats from year one. Yeah. But if I want to fully realize the potential, I'll let him, like, sit and learn from an experienced quarterback. Dude, just I, to get his throwing together. I think he could be better than like Dak Prescott was in his first year. Oh, no and, question. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Like, I would love to see the Browns pick Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson. That would be like marketing gold. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, that's what that'll, I would love to see. Yeah, that would be great. But um, yeah, I feel like he could be better than Dak Prescott stats wise. But I'm just, I'm just saying, is this more like in just terms of overall development? Because mm-hmm. He could easily be also, well, I won't say RG3. It, his was injuries. His was injuries. But it's just, I feel like development as a passing quarterback, I feel like he needs to sit and then learn, like, play, learn playbooks and just, like, the overall mechanics. Because, of course, he, in terms of stats, he, he, he could blow out the water. But mm-hmm. I just feel like he, as a quarterback, just to improve his accuracy. Because there were some thucks he'd thrown in college I've seen as yeah. well. So I just think he needs to improve that. So as for number three, number three, I this is a difficult one for me, but I got Baker Mayfield. Okay. I mean Baker Mayfield, like you said, has a fighting spirit. I am I do worry about his size, but I mean at the end of the day, I still feel like he does have that like Brett Favre's yes, mentality. I where agree. Yes, he, I do feel that. Yeah. He would. Yeah, he would make it through. I just don't necessarily think he probably. I'll say he could be a star, but. It, he could not be a star. I kind of get a little Cam Newton-ish, you know what I'm saying, from him. And the way that, like, Cam Newton can sometimes, or not Cam Newton, like him or James James Winston, the way that they can, like, galvanize a locker room or galvanize a team, I kind of see yeah. that in Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like Baker Mayfield is actually, won't won't be eating his fingers or something <laughs> like that, like what James Winston does. And uh, fourth, I got Rosen. Fourth, I got Rosen. I think he could actually be a serviceable quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't know if he'll be like anything more than just a serviceable quarterback. Yeah, that that's the thing. And then fifth, Josh Allen. Uh, he reminds me too much of either Joe Flacco or Kyle Bowler. That's Ooh, not. That's yeah. not really. It's right. not. That's I mean, he doesn't have great stats. And everybody forgets to mention. Like then he had like two years with there was two first round Wyoming players. There, there was a receiver from Wyoming. I cannot remember, but it's not like he didn't have a talented team, and he still didn't put up good stats. Yeah. So, I'm I'm just not sold on Josh Allen. I'm I I won't call players bust. Like so, like retract that last statement I said when he was a bust. But I don't want to. I I'm not really sold on Josh Allen. And he gets a lot of comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger, but you know Ben you, Roethlisberger had amazing stats if in college. You, right. If you watch Ben Roethlisberger at Miami of Ohio, like you could you could see that he actually had NFL skill. And yeah. That he I was mean, just somebody who so, just so happened Josh to Josh Allen could yeah. very well be Joe Flacco. That's not a bad quarterback, but that's not a quarterback I'm drafting top five. Absolutely. That, that's simple as that. So they're getting the benefit of it. A lot of these quarterbacks are getting the benefit of the doubt, but hands down, Saquon Barkley's going to be. Oh, he's the best player in this draft to come out. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the best player in this draft, and 
in general. If it's not him, it's that guard that I can't. His name escapes me right now, but those are the two best players in this draft. I also got to give a shout out to uh, Calvin Ridley. Like, I definitely oh, yeah. think he's going to serve. Like, oh, he, yeah. He, yeah. He's, 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 he's going to be a beast. I and can't wait to see Also, you, you got to shout out the UGA people. You got to shout out Nick Chubb. You got Sony <laughs> oh, Michelle. Oh, yeah. My bad, man. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Nick Chubb has been through a lot. You know, we, yeah. who the, even knew he would be here? Is that all the injury? injury. Like, yeah. uh, without injuries, he would have probably been top 10 yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. In terms he's of still running back. You know, who knows? He's still I think he'll probably be like second round, but I think he's going to be a legit starting running back. But I can guarantee you Calvin Ridley you are going to be playing on my fantasy team this year so uh you know oh uh, Saquon Barkley if I'm PPR I'm not letting him pass through round three. Oh yeah oh uh, I think he's probably gonna go round two I was about to say he's yeah. probably gonna go round or two round one even because yeah because you know hype and a lot of people last year in my league they were getting uh all the running backs you know? I got Dalvin Cook in the fourth round in the PPR league it was, was great until until he went down yeah. for ACL um, what was Team injury prone. That's what I changed my name to. Leonard Fournette. He was one of the first ones off the. Oh yeah. yeah, I didn't pick him because PPR. Like I knew he wasn't like going to be a PPR player. Right. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, normal leagues. Yeah, he definitely. Mm-hmm. Leonard I'm with Fournette. you on that, man. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He he will be on my team. He was my first round pick. That's why it's called team injury prone. <laughs> Dude, and Julio Jones was my first round pick, and he wasn't even really just out it, of games. He was just. Not in there. You know what was crazy? For me, it was between Julio. Like, I had the third pick in the draft, I think. And I, it was between Julio and Beckham. I decided to chose Beckham. Uh, because I was just was scared of Julio Jones not catching touchdowns. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. And he never catches touchdowns. They never give him touchdowns or something. You would think this would be the most touchdown-oriented receiver with the way his build is. Yeah. But. Mohamed Sanu got more touchdowns. Than exactly. Jones, man. And, and the only touchdown I remember that, like, I got some great plays when Mohamed Sanu threw a touchdown to I Leo remember Jones, that. man. And the other guy had Mohamed Sanu. So you can imagine how steamed I was when that happened, man. I don't even like to talk about fantasy, but <laughs> you know what? This is our show for right now. We had to touch on the quarterbacks because that's what's going to be happening in the draft. But next show would be about the recap. The NFL draft. Got it, man. It's gonna be fine, man. It's gonna be great. So thank you, Chris, for man. Well, will you be back here next week? Or? Man, absolutely. This is uh, one of the priorities. You know what I'm saying? This is the dream right here, y'all. We doing big things, and we got big plans coming up. All right, that's great to hear. So this is the Unemployed Sports Report. And actually, before we go, you social media handles or anything? Uh, you can find me at King of Kickball, which is uh, I work as a kickball league manager, and I'm kind of growing the sport of kickball here in Atlanta. So you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook even, King of Kickball. So uh, check it out and tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like, comment, snap, whatever, man. I'm there. All right, yeah. So, yo, let them know. Let them know. Like, and so are you also the if, since you're the king of kickball, you gotta be the best at kickball. I mean, analysis, right? Man, my uh, my kick game is off the chain, man. I can I can teach. I can I'm coaching my players, man. I'm showing them all about really? leg speed, how to get. So you're basically like John Carlos Stanton, but just bro, with your foot. I am the judge, bro. Like for real. Okay. Oh, you're Aaron good. Judge. I am okay. The judge, man. All you right. Know, yeah, I, I got it all out on lockdown. So holler at me. You need some tilts. I used to be a good kickball player, but then I tore my ACL. Oh no. Oh, like yeah. Don't worry, we got you, bro. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> But yeah, that is the Unemployed Sports Report. You can follow me at Shea Omanera. I would spell it out for you, but you'll just look at that in the description. So <laughs> here's the Unemployed Sports Report. We will see you next week. Thank you, guys.